Listen carefully. Once upon a time, there was a man who was here who came out of this, had a conversation with heaven that completely flipped his script. His name was Gideon. He came out of a wine press that he utilized as a threshing floor, Judges chapter 6. He came out of that experience. He had a conversation with the angel of the Lord who told him who he was. You are a mighty warrior. What he had, you have strength, he told him. What he would do in life, you will defeat the Midianites and emerge as the leader of your people. How about that? That conversation of the angel of the Lord prompted him to speak directly to the Lord. Directly to the Lord. And all of a sudden, heaven told him, hey, Gideon, this is Gideon, the Israelites. Times were rough. The Midianites had them surrounded, starving the Israeli children. They were literally dying of starvation, stealing their harvest. He comes out, and the Lord tells them, all is well. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Somebody say, it's all right. Somebody needs just to repeat that. It is all right. He tells them, don't be afraid. You will not die. You will live to see what I promised you come to pass. That's God's promise. It's all right. Don't be afraid. You will live to see. That's the conversation he had with the Lord. And then this took place. After God showed up and told Gideon, all is right. Don't be afraid. You will not die. Then Gideon proceeded in building something. Judges 6.24. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. Stop for a second. He was here hiding in the pit from the bad guys. He has an encounter with heaven, activating his destiny by defining who he is. The moment you discover who God is, you discover who you are. In that chronological order, he was pivoted. He came out. Now watch this. He comes out and he says, now that I know who I am, now that I know what I have and what my destiny, my purpose is, now that heaven even confirmed and said, it's all right, don't be afraid, that I'm going to live to see the promises of God fulfilled, that I'm going to come out of this. He came out. The bad guys were still around, but he still came out. He came out. He did not wait for the coast to be clear. He came out. He did not wait for his enemies to die to come out. He came out of the word of the Lord. The word prompted him to come out. The enemies were around him, and he says, I'm going to do something that is, that is counterintuitive to my current circumstance. I have the bad guys who hate us, starving us around me, so I'm going to do something. I'm going to build an altar. I'm going to build an altar to our God in the presence of my enemies. You're going to get this in a second. Gideon had the audacious level of faith and courage. He had enough prophetic courage. This is the same guy who was hiding a few minutes ago. He's no longer full of fear. He's full of faith. He's full of faith. And he comes out and he builds an altar right there in the presence of his enemies. I want you to hear me. The Bible says that altar is still there today. It's not what you build when your bank account is full. It's not what you build when everybody loves you. It's not what you build when everybody surrounds you and affirms you. It's not when you, what you build when everything is right and every box is checked and every I is dotted and every T is crossed. It's what you build in the darkest hour of your life that will determine whether or not your children will inherit a legacy of faith. I'm going to preach now. 
It's what you build when all hell comes against you. It's what you build in the middle of the storm. It's what you build in the desert. It's what you build when every devil, demon, legion, principality, and power of darkness arises against you. It's what you build when you're fighting off your flesh. You can either give up, shrivel up, live in that pit, or you can do the opposite. You can flip the script. You can say, wait a second. Every devil has risen against me. People are hating on me. My family is falling apart. This happened. This happened. This only must be one thing. What God has for me is glorious. I'm going to come out and I'm going to build something. I'm preaching to somebody here. I'm here to tell you that your 2020 will not be a year of defeat. It will not be a year of destruction. It will not be a year of fear. It will not be a year of anxiety. You are about to build something that is not going to last for a year or a season. Somewhere down the road, your grandchildren and your grand-grandchildren, they're going to ask you, when did you build that? And you're going to say, I built it in the midst of the crazy year of my life. Are there any builders in the house here today? <laughs> builders. Builders. Are you willing to build in the presence of your enemies? Are you willing to build something for God in the presence of your haters? Builders. The world hungers not for people that post not just thinkers and fighters and advocates and influencers and followers. The world hungers for righteous builders. Oh, man. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house. Unless who? Unless who? Unless the Lord builds the house. That's why. Political parties will come and go, but the church of Jesus will stand forevermore. Elections will come and go, but the church of Jesus will stand. Why? Because we weren't built by someone full of an ideology. This is not built by the founding fathers of this blessed nation. This was not built by Washington and Adams and Hamilton and Jefferson. This house was built. Our big C church was built aha, by the one who died on the cross, resurrected and sent his precious spirit. The church of Jesus and the gates of hell will not, shall not, cannot, may not, no way, no how prevail against us. Let the builders show up. Can we build something in this critical time? 1 Corinthians 3, 9 to 15. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. You and I are committed to continue to build, even in the presence of darkness, even in the midst of Babylonian captivity, even in the midst of the Midianites surrounding us. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Build. Build. What is God telling you today through his word and his spirit? Build it. Build it and heaven will fill it. Build it and the next generation will inherit Build it in the presence of your enemies. Build it, build it, build it, build it, build it. And he called it what he, here it is. He came out of that. He speaks to God. God tells him, do it. He comes and says, all right, I'm going to build something now. In the presence of the enemies, I'm going to build. He not only built it, he gave it a name. The Bible says he called it Shalom. 
He called it shalom. Somebody say shalom. That's, that's like the word shalom in Hebrew is the word for peace. He was surrounded by chaos, anarchy, and strife, so he built something and he called it peace. I'm going to build the opposite of what's in front of me. There's discord and strife and division, so the church must build unity. We have to build something that's a counterculture narrative, an alternative reality to what's right now taking place in front of us. We can't drink the Kool-Aid. If, if the world is doing jumping jacks, the church can't do jumping jacks. We got to do push-ups. My point to you is we can't do what the world is doing right now. We got to build something different. Strife, chaos, anarchy, division. So he built something called shalom. Shalom is what America needs. Shalom is what the world hungers for. And the word shalom, according to Strong's, means the following. Com this is Hebrew. Completeness, wholeness, health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, fullness, rest, harmony. The absence of agitation or discord. Shalom means complete, perfect, and full. Here it is. Shalom means, here it is, Hebrew exegete, simple. Shalom means this. Nothing is missing in your life, and nothing is broken. I, I want to repeat that. Shalom means nothing is missing, nothing is broken. Not only is the Lord telling you you are a mighty warrior, that you have the strength to overcome. Not only is the Lord telling you that the enemy of your household, your calling and the harvest will be defeated. Not only is the Lord telling you that everything is all right, don't be afraid, and that you will live to see his promises fulfilled. But he's telling you via the conduit of his word and it's right now his spirit through the life of Gideon, this is your season of shalom. What if, what if, what if, what if? Ten years from now, they ask you, what do you call 2020? And instead of you saying 2020 was the year of, if anybody in this church dares to say that 2020 was the year of COVID, I'm going to get three bottles of old school oil and I'm going to dump them on you and pray for you. Because I don't want you to open up your mouth and confirm and affirm or celebrate or validate something that came from the pit of hell. You, I, you need to flip the script and say, for me and my house, 2020 was the year of shalom. I don't know if you're getting this. Is anybody ready to see nothing missing and nothing broken? I, I speak shalom into your health. I speak shalom into your finances. I feel glory. I speak shalom into your relationship. I speak shalom into your faith, into your integrity. Matter of fact, let me prophesy. We're about to see a generation of shalom that's about to rise up in America and around the world. I dare you to shout shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Look at your neighbor with every CDC recommendation possible in place and tell him shalom. Tell him I speak shalom over you. Shalom over your family. Shalom over your home. Shalom over your relationship. Shalom over your marriage. Shalom over your calling. Shalom over your ministry. Shalom over your thoughts. Shalom over your heart. I speak shalom. And by the time you get back home, nothing will be missing and nothing will be broken. Somebody say shalom. 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 I'm going to say it for me and my family. This is our season of completeness, of wholeness, of health, of peace, of welfare, of safety, 
of tranquility, of prosperity, of fullness, of rest, of harmony, where nothing is missing and nothing is broken. I declare shalom. I declare shalom. Job chapter 5 verse 24 says this, you will know that your home is safe. When you survey your possessions, nothing will be missing. Nothing will be missing. Colossians 1, 19 to 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making shalom by the blood of his cross. What does that mean? What is Paul saying? In Jesus we have shalom. Through the blood of Christ we have shalom. Stop living a life where something is missing and something is broken. The Lord is telling you today through his word, through the life of Gideon, on this side, Colossians just said it, on this side of eternity, on earth and in heaven, if you're a follower of God, you can declare, you can make a claim on living a life of shalom. I need you to kick the devil out of your mind. I need you to kick the hell out of your circumstance and say, you want me to live broken in perpetuity. You want me to live a life where things are missing. As for me and my house, we're stepping into shalom. Not for a day, not for a week, but from now on, we will live a life of shalom. Shalom. Somebody say shalom. shalom. So he tells them to build the altar. Hidden warriors, of course. Hidden warriors build shalom. Number two, hidden warriors. This is the fun part. Verse 25. We just read verse 24. So he builds this. He calls it shalom. And then the Lord says, all right, you came out of this, and you dare to build this in front of them. Okay, I see you. I see you. So then he says, let's see if you can take it further. Let me test you, Gideon. Ready for this? Next to this altar, there's another altar. You didn't build that one. Read it. He says, your father built it, but not to me. He built it to Baal. Pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Verse 25. Get this. Gideon did this. Gideon built this. And all of a sudden, God tells him, next step, now that you build this, tear that one down. Oh, you missed it. This is the altar that his father built worshiping Baal that prompted God removing his covering from the people of God. Hence, Gideon is suffering the consequences of his father's deviation from the word and the statutes and the mandates of God. That's why we have to be careful. Our children, they will not reap our sins, but our children will reap the consequences of the decisions that we make. And, and they will reap our sins unless Christ is the Lord of our lives. That's the disclaimer. If you're in Jesus, your children will not inherit your sins. They will inherit your blessings. But you have to be in Jesus. Now watch this. Watch, 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 watch. This is the mandate. He's, he built this, and then all of a sudden God says, you have to tear this down. Stop for a second. Religion says, religion says, you got to tear this down before you build this. 
Religion says you got to bring down all the bad stuff in your life before you build something for God. You, you, you got to get your life f fixed up before you can experience God. No, that's not the Bible. It's not the new covenant. Let me tell you what the Bible does say. Instead of get yourself right in order for you to know who God is, you need to know who God is in order to get yourself right. <laughs> Am I preaching to anyone here? You got to build this one before you tear that one down. This gives you the authority and the legitimacy. It's the blood of Jesus washing you and the spirit of God filling you. That'll give you the authority to tear down whatever the previous generation built that was out of alignment with the word of God. So let me prophesy. We're about to see a generation of hidden warriors come out of the proverbial pit. And that generation is not only going to build shalom. Oh, that generation is going to say, man, man, our forefathers built this. Be it addiction, be it, be it infidelity in marriage, be it religious constructs, be it abusive relationships, be it unbelief, be it a perpetual victimization mentality. Whatever it may be, that's not who I am anymore. So now that I built this and I have shalom and I know how to build shalom and share shalom, I'm going to tear this down. The Lord told them, tear it down after he built that. Let me prophesy, America and the world, get ready. There are a bunch of Gideons rising up this hour in the name of We are about to bring down whatever the previous generations built that was out of alignment with the Word of God. We are about to tear down every vestige of compromise. Every time our forefathers violated, compromised, sold out. This is about the previous generations. Whatever the previous generations did out of alignment with the Word of God, we're going to bring it down. I said we're going to bring it down. You can't permit both altars to occupy the same space. I'm going to preach now and get some people upset. You can't build this and say, I still want to honor this heritage. So I'm going to permit this here, even though it wasn't an alignment of God's word. I'm going to permit it there because I want to respect the heritage of my forefathers. I don't give a holy hoot about the heritage of your forefathers if it was out of alignment with the word of God. Holiness trumps heritage. I need you to hear me right now. God enabled you to build this through Christ for you to get up and start tearing this apart I'm here to tell you in Jesus name God is giving you the anointing the authority to bring down whatever the previous generations built and it will never occupy your space ever again in the name of Jesus so let me get you and you quickly right here okay run 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 and just take this all I want you to do is bring these pieces down here on the floor because there can't be an altar next to this altar. The altar of the old cannot be right next to the altar of the new. This, this represents, you name it, 
sexual deviancy, religious constructs. It even represents legalism in the church that put a lid on people, not letting them experience the full grace-filled work of God. It represents so many things in culture, in the church, in the world, and in the church that limit it. And by church, I mean little C churches. I want you to remove that one by one. Everything. There are some families that are bound by alcoholism for many generations. But the moment you are in Christ and you have shalom, addiction dies forevermore. Are you with me right now? There are families where dad, granddaddy, great-granddaddy, they all had women on the side. And they were all unfaithful. And infidelity was a culture. It's not a cultural thing. It's a sin thing. But we're, that's coming down. This will be the last generation of infidelity in your home and in your marriage. Am I preaching to anybody here? There's abuse. There was abuse. Abuse of spouse. Abuse of children. Verbal abuse. Physical abuse. Mental abuse. Yes, that'll be the last generation that will suffer that abuse. The moment you bring it down, that abuse will never occupy your space ever again. So I want you both. You represent a generation that is building shalom. But just don't build shalom. Don't permit this to be right next to it. Your job is to build this and then look at that and say, we're bringing you down. And we're not afraid to bring you down. It may require for you to step to some taboo areas of culture and of history that you may have to confront. But you're not afraid of that because you came out of the wine press. You came out of the pit. You heard from God who told you, don't be afraid. You will live to see my promises fulfilled. So I want you to bring it down. Go ahead. Bring it down. Just bring them down. Everything that represents. Everything that was the altar to Baal. Bring it down. Now, go ahead, stop, put it down right there. Good. Now, I want you both, step on it, climb on it. So I prophesy that that generation, that generation will climb upon the ruins of what we bring down in our generation. I don't know if you're getting this. What we bring down, they will climb and step over the very things that we bring down. So where is addiction? Underneath their feet. Where is bondage? Underneath their feet. Where is alcoholism? Underneath their feet. Where is sexual immorality? Underneath their feet. Are there any Gideons in the house ready to bring down? Is there anyone here who can lift up their hands and say, I will bring I will bring down the false altar in my generation for my children and my children's children to one day step on the ruins, climb over the ruins of what I bring down in my generation. Lift up your hands. Bring down the false altars. Don't just go to church on Sunday and get inspired. Bring down the false altars. I feel glory right about now. There's a church arising. There's a church standing up. There's a church about to break loose, fully committed to bringing down the false. Stand with me. Those that are not standing, you gotta build this one first. The millennial generation and Generation Z you're millennials. Anybody who's 20 and under, you're Z. The Z will one day climb upon the things that you bring down.
That's why you guys just can't build it. I know you're creative and innovative. You're the creative, innovative. I get that generation. But God's not just calling you to construct. He's calling you to deconstruct. He's not just calling you to build up. He's calling you to tear down. There are ideas. There's ideologies. There's views that are just from the very pit of hell. That's not hype. It's just very pit. There are views that are just, that are, that are secular, meaning that just humanity. There are some views that have nothing to do with the devil. There are some views that the devil even says, that's not even me. Just people, you know. But then there are views that come from the very pit of hell. If you guys don't tear down the altar, Generation Z will never thrive. It's up to the previous generation, not just to build churches and auditoriums and, and preach the gospel. Amen, that's what we do. But we have a God-ordained mandate to confront the false and bring it down. The days of kumbaya, wimpy, politically correct Christianity are officially over. We bring this down with truth and love. Not just truth and not just love. Psalm 89, 14. Righteousness and justice prevail. Stick right there. I'm done. Does anybody have any questions? Good. Good. Gideon could have walked away and said, I built that. I tore that one down. And then read it. I love this. This is verse 25. The Lord looks at him and said, before you leave, one more thing, sunshine. He goes, look this way. That's the Asherah pole. The Asherah pole was a, this wooden pole, like a flagpole. It was the tallest structure in the village, built by the bad guys. It's basically the reminder that you're in bondage and that's your new God. So the Midianites created these Asherah poles. Actually, Jezebel was the greatest Asherah pole builder. Jezebel in the book of Kings, 1 Kings, she was known as the iconic Asherah pole builder. Every time the Israelites were enslaved, they would build outside of Babylonian captivity, they would, they would have Asherah poles. And all of a sudden God says this, now that you tore that down, look around you. That's the reminder that you're a slave. That's the reminder that you're subjugated to the narrative of the Midianites, to Baal. So God says, hey Gideon, one more thing. Now you're going to really tick them off. Because that you built, that your dad built, but this the Midianites built. Now you're going to be provocative. You're going to tear that down. The Lord says, tear down the Asherah pole. Wait a minute, that's not mine. Like this is my altar, that's my dad's. This is not mine. The moment I do this, it's a declaration of war. And the Lord says, I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. You're going to tear down what the devil created to hold you back. Yeah. Speaking parenthetically now. Now I'm going to tell you this. This is verbatim what he says. So Gideon comes along and says, in essence, all right, let me do it. I'm excited. I'm going to tear it down. Let me get, make a garbage pail. Somebody give me a garbage can so I can throw this away. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. The Lord says, you don't need a garbage can. Well, wh why not? Why not? They were about to get a garbage pail. Here we go. Great team, great team. And, but why not? Because the Lord says, you're not going to throw it away. Wait a second. God, what? I'm telling you to tear it down, Samuel. 
God, what do I do with the stuff the devil created to hold me back? Samuel, I'm not telling you to put it in the garbage. I am instructing you to use it as the fuel for your altar. Oh, you missed it. Whatever hell created around you to hold you back, you're about to bring it down. It's going to fuel your next year, the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. Somebody shout like you know it's about to go down. So you start cutting down the astral pole piece by piece. You cut the wood, and you use that wood to fuel your altar. Whatever the enemy created to hold you back, use it to fuel your destiny. Use it now. That bad experience, that breakup, that bad news, flip it around. Use it to fuel your destiny. How many are getting this right now? All I need... All I need is three people, when I count the three, three, at least three people that will shout, cut it down. The moment you shut, cut it down, there's a church that's going to rise up. There are Gideons that are about to rise up. We're going to cut down every lie of the enemy. And every lie of the enemy, everything the enemy created around us, we're going to flip it to fuel our destiny. Get ready. I'm here to tell you, get ready. We're going to go around America. I'm speaking to you prophetically. I'm speaking to you metaphorically. We're about to go around this nation, around the world, cutting down every Asherah pole in the name of Jesus. Oh, you missed it. I, 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 we, we don't need a church of churchgoers and of Sunday people and, and of, you know, we, we don't need that. We need a bunch of Gideons to come out. And we, we need a bunch of Gideons that go, what are you? I'm an altar builder. I also destroy false altars, but I know how to cut down Asherah poles in Jesus' name. So I'm here to tell you, every lie of the enemy is coming down. Let me say it again. Every lie of the enemy is coming down. I want you to say every lie of the enemy is coming down. If you believe it, shout like you know it's coming Every single lie of the enemy about you and your destiny, about your identity, every lie of the enemy about your future, about your present, about your health, about your dream, Every lie of the enemy is coming down. Oh, man. Lift up your hands. We're done. You build. You construct. You deconstruct. You cut down. That's your assignment. And that's how we change the world. You build peace. Lord said peace to you to Gideon and then Gideon built an altar and called it peace you built with what God gives you let's go around and be peacemakers repairs of the breach Christ ambassadors we bring people together we don't tear them apart we bring communities together we don't tear them apart that's who we are that's what we do because we were all once here. Heavenly Father, you, you gave me a word today. 
gave me a word for the Gideons of this generation. For the Gideons of each respective generation represented, not just in this auditorium, but around the world in our streaming audience. Those that are watching by television all around the world. Lord, right now, I want to thank you for telling us that hidden warriors build shalom. Thank you that nothing is missing and nothing is broken. In Christ, we have shalom on this side of eternity and on the other side. We have shalom. Thank you that you have anointed us, called us, ordained us to bring down the false and expose the truth. Thank you that we will not permit the altars of previous generations that deviated from your word, your commandments to occupy our space. Thank you. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that enables us to live in shalom. In Jesus' name. If this word was 179.3% for you, raise one hand. Look up here. If you know that Christ is truth, that his word is truth, not because someone told you, but because you experienced it firsthand, raise both hands. Ladies and gentlemen, there's an assault on everything that is beautiful, on everything that is love and truth and grace. It's a fight between light and darkness, and you are in this service and streaming around the world because God is telling you, you are the Gideon of the 21st century. You come out of that, you will live to see my promises fulfilled. Build this. We're not talking about physically, you understand that. Now don't go home and go to Home Depot and Lowe's. It's a metaphor. It's an illustration. You build through your acts of compassion. You build your altar by living a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. You build the altar by decreeing the word of God and the promises of God. You build the altar by turning your back on everything that is sinful, out of alignment with the Word of God and pursuing righteousness. You build the altar by taking care of the poor and the hard and hungry and the starving and the children and the needy and the widow and the orphan. By caring for those that are suffering injustice, by having empathy. You build the altar by speaking to those that can't speak for themselves. build the altar by lifting someone's hand who doesn't look like you. You build the altar by doing everything out of love and truth. That's how you build the altar. Bring that one down. I pray you receive this.